Welcome to Puckheads. I'm Matt Rosenberg. Alongside me, Zach Smith, your podcast for the NHL and hockey news around the globe. As we cover hockey when the NHL goes to Europe, as well as stays in the U.S. and Canada. It's been a heck of a week and a half so far in the NHL. We didn't record one last week. I wanted to give the NHL a little bit of time to kind of filter through. And Zach, it's been a kind of crazy week. We've had guys sign. We've had some surprising results already. We're going to go through our game of the week. You have a betting uh, segment that you want to do at the end. And uh, we'll go with our top five and talk about a few teams that are struggling. Let's get right into the news of the week. And I think the biggest thing is Patrick Marlowe returns to the San Jose Sharks for his 20th year. 22nd overall. He's the all-time leader in goals, points, games played. He's going to be played incredibly his 1500 game with the charts in a few weeks here uh he's got over 500 goals he scores two goals in his return against chicago he has an assist in the following game so he's had three points in two games and i don't think it's any irony that he has been a spark for the san jose charts who were winless before he joined the team yeah it's been um yeah patrick marlowe is one of those guys that Obviously, we've been watching forever in his 20th year. A bit of a shaky off season, getting traded. Then he was put on waivers, was sitting around. You were thinking, okay, maybe he'll be picked up as some injuries come along. San Jose, they needed a, a little boost after their slow start. They pick up Marlowe. He has a great first game. And um, just a just an exciting and a fun story to see him go back. And we'll see if he ends his career there. Absolutely, and I, I think he is going to end his career there. I don't know if you saw last night when he was playing the, the first home game at San Jose Sharks. They were playing the Calgary Flames. A very emotional video tribute to Patrick Marlowe. He was tearing up. Uh, he, he was just, it, it was very emotional and just a classy response. San Jose loves him. Uh, you know, everybody giving him a standing ovation and had just a heck of an effort by the San Jose Sharks uh, to welcome him back, of course. Look, he didn't leave on any, you know, acrimonious terms. It, it was mutual. He, wanted to go, he went to Toronto. San Jose wasn't willing to pay him that extra year. And, I, look, I, I think we all realize this is probably the end of Patrick Marlowe's career this year. Absolutely. And, and going from that, you know, a, a feel-good, positive story, we go to probably, I would say, the biggest injuries so far in this early season you see Evgeny Malkin go out with an undisclosed injury. You know, we see that a lot in hockey. They don't really say, you know, upper body, lower body, any in any more specifics than that. But obviously a huge loss for Pittsburgh, a team that, as we talked about in the last episode, uh, we both have making the playoffs. Uh, depending on how long they're without him, it could be a huge hit for them in this early part of the season. Absolutely. It, it, it can be. And it's just weird because they said long-term injury, it's, probably going to be at least six weeks that he's out. And you look at it for getting Malkin to be out that long, uh, it's a huge blow. Now, they've had Alex Galchenyuk as well, who went on to IR. There's been plenty of guys who have gone on to the IR for Pittsburgh already. Didn't really seem to affect them last night as they waxed Winnipeg 7-2. to And it was the kids. It was Aston Reese, uh, Zach Aston Reese, as well as some other kids. And, you know... I give Mike Sullivan credit. He said, look, they're not AHL players. They're NHL players. And a little bit of boost the confidence. And the kids really came out last night. Yeah, we'll definitely see. I mean, obviously the biggest thing that, you know, we're here to talk about is the season's early. You know, some, some surprising results already. 
you see some young players making a uh, name for themselves already. And uh, I think you want to jump into who you think the most surprising team is so far? Yeah, and, and I you know, wanted to talk about the Edmonton Oilers, uh, who are a perfect 5-0 and tonight. They head into a game in Chicago, who we're going to talk about in a few minutes. But, you know, the Edmonton Oilers are 5-0, and under a new coach, Dave Tippett, James Neal has had seven goals already, five on the power play, uh, Connor McDavid doing Connor McDavid things, Leon Dreisaitl. But this Edmonton team has really cut the goals down. They've only allowed 13 goals in the five games. Uh, it has been a very good performance for the Edmonton Oilers so far. and I think everybody expected they would turn around Dave Tippett. I don't think they expected it so early. Yeah, and I will say, you know, I, I have them predicted to make the playoffs. They were one of my uh, surprising teams. You just had to think that they've got so much offensive talent. Obviously, the question was the goaltending and the blue line, but they, um, yeah, they've been uh, having an exceptional beginning of the season. And two other teams that, not necessarily a surprise, but, you know, we saw them face off for the Stanley Cup. We've got the Boston Bruins, St. Louis Blues. They really, for having such a short off season, and for the Blues, who really have just been having a, a few months of partying after that that series, they've both started this season very exceptional. Yeah, and then you look at I mean St. Louis Blues. I mean they played well. Uh, they got a point today against the New York Islanders, and it really it's one of those things that I think hockey does right when there is usually a holiday on a which is usually on a Monday. They play a lot of day games, and so there were a ton of day games today as we record this on Columbus Day or Canadian Thanksgiving Day or Indigenous Peoples Day. Uh, you know, Boston and St. Louis, they just keep on rolling. Boston's got 10 points already in the first, you know, week and a half. Uh, you look at St. Louis, they, there really hasn't been any signs of let-up so far. Jordan Bennington's played very well. Um you know, you look at the Boston Bruins, like we said, they're, what, 5-1. And, one, and you know, they're right up there for the best record in the Eastern Conference. And the St. Louis Blues are 3-1-2. and two. Uh, They have let in more goals, but there's no rust so far. And teams haven't figured out yet how to play them. Uh, it is weird, though, the St. Louis Blues do have a negative goal differential of, of minus one. But I, it might just speak to the Central Division being very competitive, uh, as we see. And, and there are definitely some disappointing teams that we're going to get into, but when you look at it and what the Edmonton Oilers have done and what the St. Louis Blues and Boston Bruins keep doing, I, I think, you know, especially in the Bruins and Blues case, you have to think that this is going to continue because they've been there and they've done that. Absolutely. And, I mean, I again, we can say it as much as, much as we want. The season's early. You know, you can't predict everything out of uh, just a few games. It's small sample size. But really something that I think has surprised both of us is we have Calgary, who's really struggled coming out of the gate. And this is a team that, you know, a high seed in the playoffs, obviously didn't have the success that they wanted uh, last year and making their cup run. They've just looked flat coming out of the break. The offense isn't quite where you think it should be with some of their good young players goaltending a little shaky. Um, I think they're definitely one of the disappointing surprises that we've seen so far. Yeah, I mean, they, they got waxed by San Jose. 
last night. And to be fair, they've played four of their six games on the road. They're one and three. They are unbeaten at home. They're one zero oh, and one. So they've gotten three out of four points at home. But this is a Calgary team. They've given up twenty goals. Their power play has been abysmal. Their penalty kill is like thirteenth in the NHL right now. And I was kind of looking up some stuff about Calgary, and it's just it's the goaltending. And the fact that this team is not scoring like they were last year. Remember, they were lighting the lamp all year last year. One of the highest scoring teams in the NHL. And, you know, yeah, Mike Smith go, Matt Talbot comes. And really, you know, David Riddick has struggled, though, for the Calgary Flames. And if you look at David Riddick's stats really quickly in terms of the goaltending, you know, this is a team that I was high on. I think, you know, you were kind of high on as well. But, again, it's early, but it's one of those surprising things where you think a team that got knocked out in the first round after having the best regular season would be more hungry. And yeah. they're not. So Yeah, it's very it, surprising. Very it surprising. is, because as I try to get the, the Golden Teddy stats, I believe David Riddick has one win in five starts. For Calgary. Yeah, it's definitely, I can't tell you uh, his stats exactly off the top of my head, but I just know the, um, the fact that I have him on my fantasy team has been a bit disappointing so Yeah, how's far. that going for you? It's, uh, well, you know, Matt and I were in the same league together. Um, Which is I, why I bring it up. Yeah, I think I won uh, this last week by a point or two, um, so, you know, we're living on the edge, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's hard. I'm hoping that we're able to get on a bit of a roll here. How's your team? Speaking of fantasy leads, like, you know, and, and not to get off topic much, I'm going to get you David Riddick's stats in a moment. Uh, I, I do several fantasy football leagues. Like, to me, it's the easiest of any fantasy game. And I believe we were 0-2 in Yahoo. We're going to be 4-2 because we destroyed our opponent. But well, our first two games, I believe the, the two wins that we had in weeks 3 and 4, our margin of victory was like 1.05 wow. points. We won a game by like point four. <laughs> that's um yeah, I mean that's the story of fantasy. Um I've got a game tonight where I'm tied with our friend Josh, yes. who we're in a, a league with together and uh I've got one player starting, he's got no one, so I, if this guy doesn't get at least one point, I'm going to be... You literally uh, just need one catch, because it's a PPR league. Yeah, you don't even need the yardage. It, it would be very disappointing if he uh, as, didn't get there. As long as it's not a catch for negative 10 yards, then you're fine. Yeah, that's what we're hoping like, for. you got to be feeling pretty good, though, that because it is Detroit's number one wide receiver, Kenny Galladay, that you're going to get a point, and you're going to beat Josh. Sorry, Josh. And we're, we're, we're actually in a very competitive division which I believe we're going to have four teams that are 4-2 or better in our five-team division. Yeah, I, I was so. looking at it. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, especially the other division's pretty bad. Um, that, <laughs> Sorry, we're just We're just stacked on that end. All right, yeah, so that's yeah. our uh, fantasy football segment of it the is. hockey podcast. Um, which, but, but I have suggestions for our fantasy hockey because – and I wasn't with you guys when you, we drafted. Mm-hmm. You, you were with a bunch of our friends. I just started drafting brothers. Like I drafted the Hughes brothers. I drafted the the um, the Kachuk brothers. Uh, I've already cut Capo Kaka, which pains me to say, but <laughs> my team was not. I, I needed a defenseman, then I needed another forward. But you know, I I, I did not intentionally do that with um, you know drafting brothers. It just happened to be that that's what I liked in those rounds and. 
Yeah, that's who you got on the board. It's uh, yeah. I'll be honest. I made a few homer picks in my team. Uh, as I've mentioned, I'm a, a big fan of the Penguins, so I took Crosby with my first pick. With my last pick, Mr. Irrelevant, I took Zach Smith on the Chicago Blackhawks. He's not putting up any stats for me, but – um, you know, he's the namesake, so I've, I've just got him to basically ride the bench, and uh, we'll see if he can surprise us. He, he's one of the black aces for you. Yeah, the, and you always want to draft, you know, a guy who's uh, barely a fourth liner, uh, penalty kill guy. He puts up big stats. So. That should be your teammate. <laughs> barely fourth liners. <laughs> It'd be pretty accurate, I think. That would be. By the way, David Ridge, I, I, I said one win. He has two wins. He's 2-2-1 two, two and one with 315 goals against a same percentage of 906. Um, and he has had one shutout, and Cam Talbot did not have a great game. Let's just put it at that for the um, the one appearance that he's been in. So, yeah, it's surprising with the Calgary Flames, but, again, it's early. I think we'll start to know a lot more within the next couple of weeks. Uh, let's go to our Chicago Blackhawks. They lose in Europe to Philly in a wild game. I'm trying to think. I believe that game was, was that 5-4-3? Four, 4-3. Four, 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 three. Four, three. Yeah, they lose to San Jose 5-4 to, to a team, by the way, San Jose did not have a lead until that game. Um, And then Saturday night, and, and I don't want to gloss over Thursday night's victory, and I kind of throw the game out of Europe. But the game on Thursday was disappointing because they had a lead, and I believe that lead was... In the was that lead? It was in the second, right? They were tied going into the third. Yeah, you know, it was back and forth. I they might, I can't remember. I think they were tied going into the third. Um, they may have jumped out at one point. That game was so back and forth. Um, that was the game that we mentioned. Marlowe comes back. It's a big few uh, goals for them, and it's uh it was a tough one to to watch i was definitely uh my emotions were all over the place watching that game and and then you have saturday night's game and i go to saturday because i am currently in the area where blackhawk games are not local because of a tv carrier dispute which i know a lot of fans are having i know in colorado they're having this and in other places and I, if you have this dispute i i would love to hear from you 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 can email us at puckheadspodcast at gmail.com. But I look at it this way with with, with the Blackhawks. Their penalty kill is awful, again. And and I go to that Winnipeg game. They're up to nothing. after the, This team does not hold leads anymore. And I haven't figured out, is it because of the players or is it because of the coaching? Because I don't want to write off Jeremy Colleton yet. I'm not a big fan, Zach, of Jeremy Colleton. And I just I look at this team, you've you've got one point in the first two home games. You have seven home games this month before you go back out on the road for a game. Like you gotta start piling on the points and to be blowing two goal leads and blowing leads in the second period. They were they were up in the third period. Calvin DeHaan gets caught looking at Kyle Connor, who passes it to Andrew Kopp who's right at the doorstep. That's not Andrew Leonard's fault, or, or Robin Leonard's fault, excuse me. And then in the overtime goal, like they gave Mark Shifley an open shooting lane. Patrick Kane didn't step up. And, you know, there was no step up at the end of the passing lane. Kane doesn't step up in the shooting lane, and Shifley is able to one-time it from the left circle 
And, you know, Leonard gets a piece of it, but he can't get all of it. And you just leave your goalie out to drive. I, 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 just, I keep saying, seeing the same defensive miscues. Yeah, it's, um, you know, we're, Matt and I are big hockey fans. We're certainly not experts on the subject. I would not recommend trying to go the route of the St. Louis Blues. Uh, I think it's very uncommon to go from worst to first. So Chicago, that's not a great strategy for them to have sitting at the bottom of the standings. Yeah, it's, you know, the offense has looked okay. Uh, again, they put up the four goals against San Jose, who's got some good goaltending play. They couldn't hold on to that lead. Uh, actually lost several leads in that game. They've looked slow. The goalie play has been so-so, whether you can blame that completely on uh, the tandem of Crawford and Leonard. You know, the defense has been uh, iffy. I'm wondering, too, is there, and this is probably a poor excuse, but are they still a little jet-lagged from playing that game over in Europe, and then they had to come back and adjust to it? They obviously had a few days off between. Um, again, as fans, it's still early, and I'm hopeful that, you know, they turn this around. They've only played three games, uh, so you've got enough time to to make it up. We've got some you know teams playing their sixth, seventh games tonight, so it, it's hard. It's um, it's a lot of the bad Chicago Blackhawks that we saw last year. Not too much of uh, of the good when they started to make a run towards the end. And I'm just I'm not sure where they go from here. Hopefully, they turn it around for us. Well, look, they have the schedule in their favor. They have five more home games in a row, but you got to start putting up points. Because you can't afford to fall behind and try to make it up again. You know, they were in a playoff spot for 45 minutes last year. <laughs> and probably after a victory against Detroit. That was it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, like you, I, I don't know where you go from here. If you're the Blackhawks, I don't know what you do with the Lions. Um, I don't know. I Look, I believe that Taze and Cage should be separate. And I believe that the best path to this team is having three scoring lines. Now, I believe Kane and Shaw are going to be with Strom. And I believe that, well, well I don't even know. Because those were the lines the last game. And the ring cat was with Taze. And I think Caligula was up there. Alex Nylander was sitting. We'll see. Look, at some point, Kirby Dock is going to be up on this team. He's in Rockford for a conditioning stint. Tonight is his second game with the Rockford Ice Hogs. You can't rely on an 18-year-old to fix all your woes. But, and, and I was having this conversation with my dad that if you were the Blackhawks and your defense is still this bad, you might have taken the wrong guy. And that's not an indictment on Kirby Doc. It's an indictment on just the awful defense on this team that if your defense was still going to be this bad, you probably should have taken Bowen Byron. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's hindsight's always uh, twenty twenty, and you hate to see that. You know, the offense isn't necessarily what's been the problem. They've got the offensive pieces. So, you know, Kirby Doc, he's not going to come in and be your savior. Whether he has uh, an, just an okay rookie season or whether he's phenomenal, that's not really where the Blackhawks' flaws are. So, we'll. Uh, We'll see. We're going to keep, just because Matt and I are homers, we're going to keep a Blackhawks segment every time uh, we go through what's been happening in the league. Hopefully it gets a bit more positive uh, because this first week and a half has been a little negative. But let's uh, let's turn the page a bit and get to some more, um, you know, happy, positive thoughts. 
You want to go over who you think uh, your player of the week is so far, or the, I guess player of the week and a half that we've had to start this season? Yeah, my player of the week and a half is somebody who was written off, and that's James Neal of the Edmonton Oilers. Remember, he had a disastrous year with the Calgary Flames last year. He was traded for Milan Lucic, who, by the way, Lucic leads the Calgary Flames in penalty minutes with 20 sits already in six games. Uh, I'm going with James Neal, seven goals, as I mentioned. No assist, it's weird. And five of those on the power play, but... I just incredible for James Neal and somebody who looks like he is revitalized being in Edmonton right now. Yeah, I mean that's a great pick. I I actually had two just because I couldn't decide. You could really pick any of the uh, three guys from Edmonton that have been playing well. You've got Neal, you've got Drysaitel. I went with Connor McDavid. Just we know he's phenomenal, uh, arguably best player in the league. Right now, uh, not as many goals as Neil, but he's putting up the points. He's fa- he's facilitating. He's scoring. Um, he's had a great first week and a half. The other guy I went with is a team that uh, is a bit of a surprise. I went with the netminder Gibson with Anaheim. He's uh, obviously we know he's he's stellar. Uh, the team around him hasn't been up to par for what his standards are, but man, he's had a really good first week and a half. Um, just uh, an amazing save percentage. Uh, really is leading Anaheim in, in their surprising start to the season. He is, he is. And, and let's then get to, I think that's a great segue. By the way, I have John Gibson on my fantasy team. And I know I took him very early in the draft. And I know I wasn't there. And I really wish I would have been there in senior years. Because I, I, I know, I, I, gosh, I think I took him like in the fifth round or something like that. Yeah, that once he went off the board, everyone in our uh, collective group that was together said, hmm, maybe it's time to start looking at uh, some goalies. Otherwise, you're going to end up with these guys from Calgary like I do. I love creating chaos in, it, in fantasy traps. Yeah, it, and, it certainly put the pressure on everyone else. And, and, and you know, there's just when the time is right, you take them. And, and it's the same philosophy I had about Patrick Mahomes. Well, because I am on my fantasy team, and it really has been good up until the last two weeks. Uh, but my philosophy was fourth round. I think that's pretty good value for the MVP. Absolutely. Um, all right, so so enough of our fantasy football, which we seem to keep delving into, and, and not because I want to rub it in or anything. It seemed like a natural connection to John Gibson. Don't ask me how. But um, let's go with our top five teams. We're going to do a power poll every week. And I'm, you know what? I went with first player of the week, so I'm going to let you go with your teams. Well, how do you want me to do this? Should I just run through uh, my well, top five? You want me to and give you my insightful uh, reasoning behind it? Okay, I like insightful reasoning. Let's do, you'll do five, I'll do five. We'll and then it'll it. be like a snake draft. Okay, you do five, and then I'll do five, four, and so on, so on, so on. Beautiful. So I've got number five. Uh, for my top five power rankings. I've got the Colorado Avalanche. Absolutely. We talked about this in our last episode. A great young team, uh, phenomenal offense. They've had a great start to the season. Um, I've got them as my number five team. All right. My number five team is the Anaheim Ducks, who had their unbeaten streak snapped today. And the reason why I went with the Anaheim Ducks, and I went with them at five, and I, I know that they were, or they were, sorry, excuse me, they were four and one. Going into today, they're four and two now. But it, it's a surprising uh, start of the season that they've had. 
their forward to John Gibson has been just phenomenal. This team has only scored 13 goals, though. And that's why I didn't put them higher. Because this team has... I, I, I have questions about this offense. And unless you're going to win every game 2-1, to one, eventually you're going to have to start putting up goals. But, I mean, they've been phenomenal. John Gibson has just been spectacular. You, you, this is why he's one of the best goaltenders in the NHL. But I went with Anaheim 5 just for the reason of, you know, their goaltending has been spectacular and has kept them in a lot of games. Um, all right, number four for me is the Colorado Avalanche. I went with the Colorado Avalanche before. They've been spectacular. They're 4-0. So they've won all four games at home. I didn't want to put them higher until I see how they play on the road. But Nathan McKinnon, fantastic. Uh, Miko Randon, fantastic. I, I happened to catch one of the end of their games. I want to say it was Saturday night. And they were in overtime. And I'm trying to remember who they were. Were they playing Arizona? I think they were playing Arizona. And it was just up and down, up and down, back and forth. This Colorado team, man, did they skate. I mean, Kale McCarr was fantastic. And it was just, it, it was, they're a fun team to watch. <laughs> they have so much speed. Uh, I think it's going to be fantastic to watch McKinnon against Crosby later this week, I think Wednesday night. Um, but they were just, it, it's, they're a fun team to watch. And then, sorry, they won that 3 2. And I don't even think it was, it wasn't even an overtime, it was a regulation. But, Man, it was just so much fun to watch the back and forth. And, and man, Nathan McKinnon is just otherworldly. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I mean, he's so good. I, I made a note on here to uh, give you credit for pointing out um, that you've got Makar pro- uh, projected to be your rookie of the year. He's had a great start. He's really putting up points uh, similar to McKinnon, so his offensive game is certainly there. Uh, definitely have some. He's, he's got some wheels, too. Yeah, <sighs> he is phenomenal. I've got, we'll jump to my number four. I've got the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, they've got, uh, you know, one of the hottest starts of the season. They started 5-0, and 5-1 and going into tonight. Um, they had that big overtime win versus Tampa. They were down 3-1 after the first period. They fought back 3-2, then tied it up in the third, won it in overtime. I put them at four because even though they've got the record and their offenses looked pretty good, Mrazic's been a bit a little bit shaky not the not the best uh, statistics that you want his team's kind of bailed him out for some of his subpar play in a few of these games but I think they're pretty pretty um pretty good they're picking up where they left off with their hot end to the season the playoffs so I've got them as my number four and that leads me into my number three I've got Buffalo a team that we talked about in the last episode as one of these question mark teams that you know are they for real? Are they um, going to make it into the playoffs? Are we not going to see them take that next step? Right now they've had a great start to the season. Eichel, who is one of my favorite players to watch, um, he's been off to an amazing start. They've got big wins at Pittsburgh and versus Florida. Um, you know, they're, they're doing things that if they're able to sustain it over the term of the whole season, they're going to be in a pretty good spot. Yeah, my – I, I like what Buffalo's doing now, and that's a preview that they're going to be a little bit higher up on my list. Um, but, yeah, man, Jack Eichel, this team's fun, and they score on the power play. I was watching them earlier today a, a few, few little minutes, and um, 
Man, are they fun to watch, Buffalo Sabres. It's going to be interesting to see, are they for real? Because remember, they had a hot start last year, and then it all fell apart. A number three is the Carolina Hurricanes for me. And the Carolina Hurricanes, I think it's phenomenal what they did. Uh, Dougie Hamilton has been great for them so far. And you look at what the Carolina, look, they traded Justin Falk right before the season. And it hasn't affected them one bit. And so, you know, it hasn't affected them one bit. It's something that I'm kind of surprised it hasn't. But, you know, they have the youth and I think the experience of now having gone through a season like this that they know what to expect. But, you know, we get five goals on the Eric Hollis so far. Andre Svechikov had seven assists already. He's tied for the team lead in eight points. Like, they have young guys that are even, you know, they're improving even more. Like, Stavetchikov is right now over a point per game, and it helps out Tavo Teravainen or, you know, someone like a Sebastian Ajo. You have more guys who are able to help. And as you mentioned, the goaltending is spectacular. My number two team is the Buffalo Sabres, and much for the reasons that you said. Jack Eichel has been phenomenal. I mean, they're a fun team to watch. They have the best record in the Eastern Conference right now with 11 points. But it's just like they have a lot more pieces this year. And they seem to be doing it with an odd goaltending tandem. Like Carter Hunt's in there. Um, what is it? It's Linus Omar. It's just like it's no names. But Razmith Dalin has gone to another level. Henry Yoki Haru has provided a stabilizing presence on the blue line. I like what Buckle is doing right now. And it's going to be interesting to see can they maintain it as we go through the season. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, we'll touch on them a little bit later, too, on how we feel about them. But absolutely um, exciting to see them start this season. I'll go into my number two now, which um, we've already touched on this team, but... I know we want to just uh, we want to talk about them a little bit more and uh, be envious of their offensive output. That's the Edmonton Oilers. Um, what more can you say? They're phenomenal. They've got offense on the top three lines um, that can contest with any defensive pairing or any goalie uh, play in the league right now. They've been absolutely phenomenal. Um, the goaltending again was that big question mark. It's been enough so far. Um, you know, I've got them as my number two solely because they've had an, a pretty easy schedule so far. Um, not too many stellar teams that they've gone up against. Again, it's it's early for every team so far this season, but there's not many knocks against Edmonton. They've been uh, fantastic. They have. They have. I mean, 5-0-0. The record speaks for itself. What's your number one team, Zach? My number one team is... Again, another one that we've touched on. I've got the Boston Bruins uh, showing little rust from their Stanley Cup trip. Uh, they've had some really strong wins. They open up uh, on the road against Dallas, and they beat them. They've got a win against Vegas at home. The goaltending has been up to speed of what you expect. The, the blue line's been good. And they're getting some uh, scoring from their top line, which is what we talked about. It's uh, It's what hurt them, really, in the finals against the Blues. So... Yeah, I've got Boston as my number one, barely edging out Edmonton just because they've got some of those uh, wins against some more signature teams. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I can 
I understand that Boston was certainly impressive today against Anaheim at home, and I, I think there's a case for probably about eight, nine teams that you put in this top <laughs> five right now. It's a tough choice, right? It, it, you know, the cream of the crop definitely hasn't separated itself. But uh, well, my my top team is Edmonton, and look, they're five zero. They're the only undefeated team, you know, besides Colorado Avalanche. But but they've done it on the road. They just went through New York. They went through New Jersey. New York, you know, the Islanders and the Rangers did fine. Mike Smith and Miko Kostinen are, are having great years so far. Uh, Smith 3-0-0 with the two seven goals against. It, it's going to be interesting because this team, looking through, it, it's it's McDavid and Dreisaitl. And then you have some other guys that are there, but... Are they going to have enough depth scoring? That's going to be the interesting thing to see. Can it carry them? And I mean, look, they definitely have the speed advantage tonight against the Blackhawks. They'll go, which, um, so I would not be surprised to see them beat the Blackhawks because, you know, the Blackhawks like to get into track meets every time they play Edmonton. It's been the story with Edmonton for, I would say, the last decade. <laughs> yeah. uh, every game is a track meet. Every game with Edmonton. What's the one thing is why well, don't get in a track meet with Edmonton? What happened? Ooh, look, it's a track meet. It, it does not bode well. And so, I mean, I, I think McDavid and Dreisaitl will probably have big nights again, which I didn't realize that Thomas Yerko is <sighs> on the Edmonton Oilers until just now. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the Edmonton Oilers are number one. Again, Boston's a great pick. Buffalo, you can make them all. Speaking of a lot of these big teams, some of them didn't have expectations. So we're going to go with real or pretender, three teams, and Edmonton Oilers. I, okay, I don't know what to make of this team yet because I look at some of the underlying numbers like Smith's save percentage hovering around 91 and a half and cost, you know, Kitskinen's, you know, 907. I feel like this team might have a drop off with the fact that Vegas it's you know hot now. Anaheim, but I mean, depending on whether San Jose gets their act together and Calgary. I'm gonna call them real just because their division is weaker right now. It's not a very confident real though. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you there. I've got them um, as a, a real rather than a pretender, and that's not only because I'm trying to keep up with my uh, playoff predictions. I just think we'll see. Uh, we've seen Mike Smith has some really good seasons. I'm hoping that he um, holds it together for them. I've got them real right now. And the second team we've got on this list of three, which we've touched on, is the Anaheim Ducks. Are they a real um, – real contender are they a pretender right now i've got them at a pretender they've obviously had a great start and i think we've made it very clear how we feel about uh gibson and net he's uh, phenomenal i just don't see the rest of the team there yet um you know the offense has some question marks you've got some good pieces on the blue line cam fowler had an absolutely amazing uh set of moves and, and finished it with a goal last week so you know they've got some good pieces but um you know, I I just don't see it yet. I've got them in the pretender category. I have them as a pretender, too, and we touched on it earlier in the top five segment. The reason why I have them as a pretender is 
I don't like their underlying numbers. They've only scored 13 goals in six games. This is not an offensive team. And I think that it's a little unfair to ask John Gibson to carry you. Vegas is Vegas is already right there at the top of the division with Anaheim and Edmonton. I tend to think that it's only a matter of time before Calgary. And most likely San Jose get their act together and join them in that mix. And I think Anaheim is more liable to fall than Edmonton because they don't score. And at some point, that is going to come back to bite you in a big way. So, you know, I'm thinking that Anaheim is a pretender. Let's go to our final team, Buffalo. Great start. Best record in the Eastern Conference. But we saw this last year, Zach, where they were at the top of the Eastern Conference. And then it all fell apart right at the end of November. And, you know, November, middle of December, and then they barely won. Do you have enough faith in this leadership core to be that that they're real? I'm going to say that they are real, but it's going to be tough in that because I think it's only a matter of time before Tampa Bay waits up and joins Toronto and Boston up there. You know, same with Toronto. Yeah, I mean, I've got them. Quite literally on my sheet, I just put three question marks because I don't know what to do with them. Um, a good start. This is not an indictment on um, Eichel at all because I think he's one of the top ten players in the league and he's absolutely uh, phenomenal. If I had to go one way or the other, I'm putting him in a pretender just because uh, they have to prove that um, they're not the, the Buffalo Sabres of old, I think, before we can uh, really give them a long leash. I can understand that. And I still have question marks about whether a goaltending tandem of Carter Hunt and Linus Allmark is going to be able to sustain you over the full run of the season. But we'll see. We shall see. Um, really quickly, well, you know, let's go to the other end of the spectrum. Time to our panic meter, I guess we should say. Um, these are teams that had expectations. First one, maybe not so much. But the other two, especially on my end, they had expectations. And I guess, you know what, we're going to switch out the one team. Because I think it's unfair to Minnesota when everybody expected Minnesota to be the worst. I am going to put another Central Division team there. I'm going to put the Dallas Stars, who are struggling right now. And the Dallas Stars are 1-5-1 and one through seven games. Right, so they have three points. Is it time for the Dallas Stars to panic? You know, I I would say it is. They I had them narrowly missing the playoffs in my predictions. I think they've got some great players, um, some really good veterans in there. But, yeah, I just – they they're not clicking so far this season. I'm going to give them um, – on the panic to patience meter, I've got them at code red, code red. Uh, I have them at code red, code red too because – this is a team that if they wind up scoring an overtime goal or a double overtime goal, maybe they win the cup last year. This is a team that had high expectations. They bring in Nazim Kadri, uh, sorry, not Nazim Kadri, but they bring in, uh, you know, they bring in several guys to help, like Joe Pavelski and Corey Perry. and and But they've been outscored by 10 goals. 
they, they have not looked good. Ben Bishop has struggled. This is a team that Tyler Sagan has three points in six games. All right. Um, let's see here. Where's Jamie Ben has one goal and one assist in three in six games. There have not been a lot of bright spots for the Dallas Stars. I mean, Joe Pavelski has no goals. You know, what is going to happen to this team? I, you know, this is a team, remember they got off to that slow start last year. The GM rips them. I don't know what what's going to happen, but this is a team that I, I definitely, my panic is code red too because this is a team that's struggling and it's, you know, Ben Bishop's been fine in goal, but this is a team that needs more. And and I don't know what's going to happen to them, but yeah, my panic meter is high for them too, like code red. All right, what about the New Jersey Devils? You know, I've, I've got them on the uh, panic to patience meter. I've got them at a patience right now just because this is a team that we talked about with some question marks. You know, they have the number one pick, and they take Hughes, who's been um, – you know, has his ups and downs as a rookie playing in the NHL, but they bring in some pieces that you think maybe they're going to go for it this year. I'm giving them patience simply because the main core of their team um, did not have incredibly high expectations. You give them a few years to mature. I've got them on the patient end of things. They are one of two teams in the NHL that does not have a win yet. The other team, the aforementioned Chicago Blackhawks. Now, the New Jersey Devils, because of two overtime losses, are not last in the NHL in points. That would be also the aforementioned Chicago Blackhawks. I think you have to be patient because I don't think it's an overly strong metropolitan division. This is a team, yes, it's not great, but you can make up these points, but you got to start making them up. And, and I think that, it, look, you're going to have to be patient with Jack Hughes. And this is someone, you know, I think the more concerning thing is that they, there's only been two two games that they've lost by one goal. So, you know, the goaltending has not been good. They've been giving up a lot of goals. But I do agree with you. I think you got to be a little bit of patience right now. But if this is you know, the same story where you're at the cellar at the end of the month, then it's time to panic. So I, I would say, you know, put it on like a five. For the panic meter. All right, final team, the Florida Panthers. Yeah, and I, I want to go first because I think I want to talk you down off the ledge a bit if I know how you feel about this. Uh, you um, know I love my boy Q. I know you love Q. I know you love some of the pieces they've got um, bringing in the big-name goaltender. I've got them going for patience, and that's only because, you know, a lot of times you see that it takes a little bit of time for the new pieces to gel together. You've got a new system. You've got some big-name players that have come in. Um, you know, I still think they're good. I still think they have some really good pieces. You know, you're seeing some other teams get a slow start out of the gate. So right now I've got them um, not quite uh, all the way to the patient side, but I think they're another team that if it if it stays like this for the next few weeks, then you got to start to panic a little bit more. I, I agree. And you know, it would have been easier to put Tampa Bay in this spot, too. I put Florida because of that expectation with Joel Quinville. And, and I agree with you. I think it takes it's going to take a little bit of time. Sergey Bobrovsky has struggled at times in you know with this team. But I agree with you. Look, at the end of the day, they're 2-2-2 two, two, and two through their six games. They're, they're there. 
within a top three spot in the division. I, I really do think that this Florida Panthers team is going to be fine once they get their systems implemented. Joe Quidwell, we know what he is, a heck of a coach. I don't think anybody expected them to win the division. I certainly didn't. But I do think that they will be there at the end. I think, right, I, I'd say it's a one. Don't panic. You know, it's a long, long season if you're the Florida Panthers. All right, two final segments. Then we're going to get out of here. Uh, let's just go really quickly with our game of the week to preview before we, uh, you know, say goodnight. I have, for my game of the week, it is, I believe, Thursday night. It is the, I'll tell you what it is. It is the Buffalo Sabres and the Anaheim Ducks. And it's in Anaheim. Because if you're willing to stay up for West Coast hockey, and I'm pretty sure this is Thursday night, I will check here really quickly. But two great teams. John Gibson, the Anaheim defense against this red-hot Buffalo Sabres team. Jack Eichel and company. I think it's a fantastic early season battle between two teams that you didn't expect to be there. My runner-up to this was New Jersey and the Rangers. Hughes versus you know, Capo Cacao. One versus two in what is going to be the first of many battles. But I wanted to go with Buffalo at Anaheim. Yeah, I, those are two great picks. Um, the, really, the great part about the early season is there's not uh, any bad games on. It's been uh, great to get back into the season. And, you know, I wonder if um, that hughes Cacao. Rivalry is going to turn into a bit of a Crosby Ovechkin, as we've seen through the years. Um, so those are great picks. I've got the, I think you mentioned them uh, a few minutes ago, Colorado Avalanche at Pittsburgh Penguins. Colorado's, you know, absolutely offensive juggernaut. Pittsburgh, even with Malkin's out, Malkin out and a few other players banged up, they've still got a great uh, early start to the season. You know, McKinnon, Crosby, it's going to be a great uh, matchup there. Excited. That one's on Wednesday at 6 p.m. It is in Pittsburgh, so, uh, you know, you won't be burning the candle with that one. Wednesday night hockey. That's the national game. Yeah. All right. Zach, I don't know what to name this last segment because this is your original brainchild. So if you want to take a week to think about naming it, like, yeah, I, we got to come up with a creative name. But why don't you explain our last segment? Yeah, we'll get a good name, and if you have suggestions, um, feel free to send them to us um, via email, as we mentioned it earlier in the episode. Uh, I'm a big fan of um, gambling and betting. Uh, it, it always interests me the the Vegas money lines and uh, over unders who you who you're gonna pick. And if you're like me, sports is pretty emotional already. You know, pulls at the heartstrings. Uh, it can make or break your night or your weekend. Um, so why not take something that's already overly emotional and then put money on the line? Because that's a great combination to uh, watch your team lose and go broke doing it. So we're going to do just a quick segment. I'm going to throw out a few picks that I have for the upcoming week. Um, I feel like we need to put a disclaimer in here. I'm not an expert. Uh, if you go with my picks and you lose, I'm sorry because that means we're both losing. Um, but these are just some of the great uh, suggestions I have in my uh, betting portfolio. So for this week, we're starting off with a Monday night game that's actually about to get started as uh, we finish recording here. Edmonton at Chicago, as we mentioned. Chicago, bottom of the league. Edmonton, top of the league. Uh, it's always a uh, 
you know, pretty even keel match. They play each other pretty well. I've seen Edmonton at minus one and a half. I think you got to take Edmonton with that. Um, their offense has been spectacular. I think they're going to win by at least a couple goals. As much as I want to see Chicago keep it close, take Edmonton minus one and a half there. Another game we have, uh, or actually these last two games I'll go over, they're both Tuesday night games. You've got Philly at Calgary. Um, you know, it's an exciting game. Calgary, not the start we've had. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers, they've had an okay start. They've only played a few games. Hart has looked pretty good in net. I think that's a bad uh, combination for Calgary's offensive woes. They've got the over-under at 6.5. I think if, if Calgary's not showing that they're, they're up to their uh, normal standards on the offensive end, you take the under there. I see a close, like, 2-1, 3-2 game. I yeah. think it stays under. My final game, Carolina at the uh, Los Angeles Kings. The money line on Carolina, I've seen it anywhere from 150, uh, minus 150 to minus 160. L.A. has had an okay start to the season. Uh, you can never really count out quick. But Carolina, man, as we've mentioned in our top five, they've had a really good start to their season. I say you take, whether it's 150 or 155, 160, you take Carolina on the money line. I think they stay hot. They stay rolling. Um, you know, even though they're going out to the West Coast, I think they've got it in the late game, and that is also Tuesday night. All right. So those are your picks, and for those of us, for those of you, you'll be able to definitely bet on the two games Tuesday night. This podcast should be up by tomorrow morning, I would say. So it will be. I'll be working on it and uploading it tonight when I get home here in a few minutes. So uh, anyway. That's all we got for this week. We'll be back, of course, next Monday night recording. So it should drop by no later than Tuesday morning. And uh, for Zach Smith, I'm Matt Rosenberg. We'll see you guys again next time on Puckheads.